The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. everybody what's going on thanks for tuning in um hope you all are having a good week um i wanted to i know i've been promising y'all a whole star trek uh conversation and since san diego comic-con is over i thought it was like way past due so as you may or may not know at san diego comic-con the premiere of Picard is has was premiered and they showed a trailer and there was a whole Picard, you know, Star Trek reunion. And with the trailer, we are under the impression that, you know, data might return. So this episode is for all you Star Trek fans, geeks, and everything in between. So if you really appreciate Star Trek, you will really like this episode because we're going to talk about it. Now, I'm not just going to ramble on and on about Star Trek, even though I could. I wanted to invite some of my cool companions friends that I talk to all the time and my superheroes are black is online on Facebook there's a couple thousand of us and we're just like you know a collective a community collective of black and brown folks who like to talk about different um, pop culture and fandoms and we talk about you know everything from politics and music and you know nerd culture we meet up at cons different cons big cons a lot of cosplayers so I wanted to get their feedback on it as well so we have a conversation coming up talk about star trek we're going to talk about you know what we like about star trek our favorite star trek series our favorite characters and you know what we pretty much anticipate from picard going forward now picard is not um going to debut until 2020 but between now and then and with discovery available there's a lot of content to be covered, so I'm pretty sure this won't be our only conversation about Star Trek, so if you know a Trekkie, you are a Trekkie, or you just like talking and listening to Star Trek conversations, this podcast episode is strictly for you. So again, it's about a few, me, and we're going to talk about Geek Out Over Star Trek and, you know, let us know your feedback. If you want to join us on Facebook, you can. You can just search in your search bar for MSAB Forever Paul and you will see a group. It's a closed group with about 4,000 members and you can join with no problem. So, we hope you like it. And... Long live and prosper. Later. 
Yo, what's up, everybody? I am so excited because I told y'all I wanted to talk about Star Trek, and I've been procrastinating, but I definitely want to talk about Star Trek because San Diego Comic-Con is finally over, and now that we know we're definitely going to get a new card series in the Star Trek Invitation, I am so excited to talk about it. So we have a collective crew of Star Trek lovers, so I want y'all all to introduce yourself, and we're going to just talk about Star Trek, what we love, what we hate, what we might be on the fence with, but definitely our love for Star Trek is going to be felt throughout this episode. All right, so let's go. Brittany. Hi, Brittany. Hey. <laughs> so tell people you know where you're from, you know what's your favorite Star Trek series, and how long you've been like a Star Trek. Okay. Um, I'm from North Carolina, born and bred that. <laughs> um, I've been in Star Trek for like three years now, I guess. I was very, very late to the party for some unknown reason and just casually started watching and then became obsessed with it. Hey, it's biracial oh, blurred. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. All right. Sorry about that. Continue, Brittany. Um, sorry. The series is by far Deep Space Nine. I stand Deep Space Nine to my death is my favorite, and no one can ever tell me otherwise. It's the best. Um, okay. Yeah. I guess that's it. Okay, cool. Khalil. Hi, Khalil. Hey, good evening. Hello. How you doing? Fine. Can you tell everybody, you know, what's your name, where you're from, how long you've been liking Star Trek, what's your favorite Star sure. Trek? Sure thing. Uh, name's Khalil, uh, D.C.-based Jersey boy. Um, got into Star Trek maybe late high school, early college. Um, I just got hip um, on Deep Space Nine. My pops basically said, watch this one. This is a black man and his son, so that kind of hooked me in. Deep Space is probably my favorite just because it's a little different than the others, um, and i just a big Trekkie, so. All right, cool. Hey, Jermaine. Hey, how you doing? How you doing? Introduce yourself. Tell people where you're from. What's, what's your favorite Star Trek? Um, I'm from Ohio. My favorite Star Trek series is probably a tie between The Next Generation and Star Trek Voyager. Well, okay, cool. Hi, by Rachel Blur. How are you? Thanks for coming. Blur, Blur. Good. Good to see you. I'm good. Um, so, yep, by Rachel Blur. That's a podcast. Welcome to Mike. Uh, for me, Star Trek, it's a toss-up between uh, Next Generation or the OG one, because um, those are the ones I watched with my dad, and he did get me into Deep Space Nine, but I think at the time, like, I was too into, like, other stuff, and I kept on trying to watch it with him, but, yeah, my dad got me into Star Trek, all my dad. Okay, so I think we all have, like, a collective sentiment of how we got into Star Trek. Um, my favorite Star Trek is The Next Generation, and, of course, after that would be Deep Space Nine. We all have, like, you know, our feelings about Deep Space Nine. So I want to start, you know, I don't know if everybody saw it, but there was, like, this big San Diego Comic-Con surprise of Star Trek Picard. Now, for you all that are into the next generation, how do you feel about 
you know, Star Trek Picard, like the overall, you know, consensus of it. Like, are you with it? Are you not with it? Are you kind of like, you know, the next generation is gone, it should be saved back where it is, or how do you feel about it? Can I start, or is this just uh, anybody can just, do I have to go? Anybody, anybody, anybody. Okay. Um, I like. I'm actually kind of curious to see what uh, the Picard series is about. Um, it's kind of obvious where they're kind of foreshadowing that the girl, whoever the protagonist or antagonist of the series, seems to be a high big Borg and human. I'm curious to see what they're going to do with Data. I'm curious to see what Picard's been doing for the last twenty something years. It looks like from the, some of the previews, it looks like he takes over a new crew, but they're not going to be Federation. It looks like the Federation seems to be – the Federation is, is involved, but it seems like he had to go outside the Federation to go on this – some of his crew. And also the fact is I'm kind of interested to see um, what they're going to do with – I see 7 of 9 from uh, Voyager is going to be on this mm-hmm. show. So I'm kind of curious to see how she's going to interact with this. What appears to be, I'm just assuming, appears to be a combination of a human and a, and a, and a boar itself. Anybody else? Uh, I'm excited for it, only because I got nostalgia wave with it. And Next Generation is funny. Uh, Picard and Data are the only cast members I haven't met. Yeah, I've met the whole entire rest of that cast. So oh. that's kind of insane. Yeah, man. Riker, Jordy, Troy, all of them. Met them. Uh, even Q. <laughs> uh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I'm from San Diego, so I kind of got spoiled with Comic-Con-ese for a long time. I oh. won't go back unless I have, like, VIP like this because I know how crazy it is, but I'm excited for Picard. I mean, it's definitely going to be Borg focused. I think uh, I was reading some stuff and that they don't want it to, you know, overlap or overshadow because my concern was the overshadowing Discovery because I love that we have a black woman captain on that show, but they said it's going to be kind of going in a different direction because a lot of it's going to be uh, Patrick Stewart probably contemplating life, you know, in his old age. Okay. Well, let me give y'all the details that I got from Sci-Fi on um, the Picard, you know, preview at San Diego Comic-Con. So, basically, it was like a Next Generation reunion, and, you know, it talked about the Picard. There was actually a Star Trek museum kind of dedicated to Picard and the whole Star Trek series. And I thought that was kind of cool. Um, so Patrick Stewart was there, and um, he's calling um, – he kept calling something number one. And I don't really know what that is reference to, but – that was like some of the hints that's being thrown around. So, um, so the the premise of the show Picard is um, the series is supposed, like you said, supposed to talk about him in his old age. Now, has anybody, did anyone see the ending of the Next Generation? Uh, the movie or the show? The show. 
yeah, isn't that where they just like have cards? Well, I'm, what I remember is that towards the end of the series that Picard had, Q had like fast forward them way further than he should have. And it was basically towards the end of their demise. And part of their demise was Picard being, um, he was being compromised by like some type of evil evil android slash, you know, uh, uh, extraterrestrial demon-ish type of thing. And basically, Picard was going to end the rest of the galaxy or something like that. So um, they tried to, like, change the discourse of their future and things like that. So um, Stewart said, you know... Basically, he's questioning the choices he made, and, you know, it's about John Luke, you know, figuring out if, you know, if he was a good captain or not. So I guess this is more, I don't know if it's more of a philosophical version of what we've seen before of different Star Treks, but it shows him basically transitioning from... John Luke Picard, the captain, to a regular person in his old age, and now their question—they're bringing up the conversation—is how are how is Data going to return? Do you all think Data should return, or should he remain dead? Like I admit, I haven't seen the movies. I just know that Data died, and I was very upset by it. But like Data's <laughs> my favorite character of T and G, and then just. Honestly, I think he was one of the strongest characters, and there's a lot to just do with him as a character. So from that standpoint, it's like, yeah, bring him back. He makes basically anything interesting. Brent Spiner's a great actor. Like, it works. But, like, plot-wise, I, I don't know. We'll see. I have some faces based on how they're doing its discovery. And, mm-hmm. I don't know, understanding the Star Trek and moving past that issues and making it better. So, I have some faith. Okay. Anybody else? Now is is this data or is this is this is the um, is one of his cyborgs? I mean, one of his humanoid um, robots that he developed because data died. Remember, he service Fred, he died saving Picard, but he left behind one of his one of his humanoid robots. He's remember memory service Fred. So is this yeah, truly data or is this one that's like somebody that's going to play data or ten or whatever they're going to name him? No, this know. is actually, this is the same actor, Data. Like, they're trying to, they're making, like, a bunch of buzz about how they're trying to return Data. Because he was at San Diego Comic-Con, right? And people were, like, really shocked to see him because they know he died. But now they're trying to figure out, well, fans are trying to figure out how will Star Trek Picard bring back Data so, you know, there's conversation that Data is going to come back, like, as a figment of Picard's imagination. You know, he's not really going to be alive, but more of, like, flashbacks, or he might be a hologram, or, you know, Data could be from an alternative universe that shows up and talks and inter- interacts with Picard. Um I've seen, uh, you know, fans even say that Data will have, like, a new body. Like, it will be a completely updated and brand-new Data. And, you know, um, Data has a duplicate 
or, you know, he's just reborn like a regular comic book character. (laughs) (laughs) That new body was my thinking because I think there's a part in the trailer where they have, like, pieces of an android body, I think, and that was my knowledge on it, which is kind of tricky because, I mean, it makes sense in a, like, you know, how we usually have robots in fiction where you're downloading consciousness into another, but considering how he died and with the Borg, I'm, I was wondering and leery about that, but, I mean, it's semi-plausible. Or they could say, you know, Data really didn't get blown up in the Nemesis, you know? They could, like, somehow be like, uh, you know, put some type of fact that we, that was left off from the next generation and it's like, hey, he didn't really die. We thought he died, but he didn't really die, die. So you never really know. Um, I am interested in seeing how they are going to bring back Data. I think Data will be reborn in a different body. Like you'll his, he'll, the face will be similar but, like, he will be completely, like, updated. He'll be, like, a new iPhone or Android or something like that. Like, have, like, most of the stuff and probably have a beard or something, like, really interesting looking. <laughs> and, and he's going to, like, and everyone's going to be like, oh, my God, they this guy. So I'm interested. And I'm surprised it took them this long because I feel like, you know, the actor, Patrick Stewart, is he's pretty up in age. I mean, he looks the part of an older Picard, but. I feel like it's taken a while for them to actually address it. And I wonder what made them actually come up with Star Trek Picard. Was it like fan, you know, asking for, or was it something they was actually developing? What y'all think? I'm going to go ahead and say fans, just based on the number of people who cape blindly for Picard all the time. Like, I love him. But also there's Cisco and also there's Janeway. It's like there are other captains to care about, but the one everyone wants to come back to consistently is Picard. Oh, my God. I'm glad you brought that up because I watched um, the doc on Deep Space Nine. Did anyone else watch it? I heard it. Okay, so it is very good. If you have the opportunity to see it, you should definitely see it. So basically it talks about how, you know, Deep Space Nine was revolutionary in its own right, but it's always, you know, looked as the underdog because it came right after the next generation. So um, even the way we watch TV shows now, are influenced heavily on Deep Space Nine. Did you know before, like, Deep Space Nine, like, shows would do, like, separate episodes? And what I mean, like, they'll be compartmentalized. Like, that episode is just that episode unless it's a part two or a part three. But it wasn't, like, a Game of Thrones series where, like, you have to watch these previous episodes to know what's going on. Like, Deep Space Nine was the first to do that. Like with the Dominion story, right, in the end. Like, you yeah, know, that yeah. went multiple seasons, right? Yeah. And I found that really interesting because, you know, that's kind of why a lot of people got lost on Deep Space Nine because you couldn't just, like, jump into it in the middle of a season. Like, if you haven't seen previous episodes, you'll be completely lost on what's going on, which is, you know, like how most shows are now. Like we binge, we're in the era of binging and binge watching. And if we don't watch 
all of it, you lose so much of the story. But um, in the documentary, they said in Deep Space Nine that, you know, you know, the the programming isn't how it is right now where, like, you know, people could, like, re, you know, watch something that came on last week on their DVR or catch a repeat of it. It's because it came on at a certain time in different markets, so people couldn't keep up with the show. So if you do like Deep Space Nine, who's your favorite characters and what's some of your favorite episodes? My favorite character is, like, a terribly unpopular choice, but I truly love Julian Bashir. Yeah. I don't know, but he's, he's my favorite. It's him, and I really liked Kira before she started dating Odo. And I like Odo, and I like the thing he had with Osana, because I thought they did a much better job of using her in that show. Um, favorite episodes, Past Tense Part 1 and 2, when the... They end up going, like, Julian and Sistona going back in time. They started the Bell Riots, that thing. Okay. Really stuck out to me, probably because it's eerily similar to what we're heading towards now, and I just really appreciate all, all forms of sci-fi that are good at predicting the future. Hmm. Anybody else? Cisco, all day. I'm, I was so happy <laughs> to see him with my dad. Like, Brooks, that was the dude, right? Like, the the other guy, I'm sorry your name, man, said he's like, yo, I saw that with my dad and his son, and that was me and my dad as well, like, geeking out over that. Like, that was dope. Yeah. Actually, me and my dad actually got to meet him one time at the airport. That was really oh, dope. Man, that's cool. That's really cool, man. Yeah. Um, I would have to chime in and say the same thing. Uh, Cisco all day, not just because uh, he's black, but that definitely helps. Um, he's probably the darkest character, um, really likes to toe the line. Um, he tries to uphold the ideals of the Federation, but he absolutely will do what's necessary, which is unlike pretty much every other captain. Mm-hmm. Favorite episode, uh, The Way of the Warrior, The Visitor, uh, Far Beyond the Stars, where they, like, you know, definitely tackled the idea of race. Um, and, of course, um, Oh, God, what's the name of that episode? Uh, In the Pale Moonlight, uh, where Cisco basically commits a a war crime to to safeguard peace. It was just acted perfectly. Anybody else? Okay. Garrick. Um, I would argue that Garrick is probably the darkest character. Who would say that that one more time? I would argue that Garrick is, like, Cisco, as far as, like, Federation Starfleet people, I would say Garrick is probably a darker character overall. Just thinking of, like, him and Julian in the early exchanges where it's, like, they're literally going to murder each other in this, like, hollow sweet thing. <laughs> that's, that's just where they're at immediately. Like, yes, he's going to kill someone. That's just how he works. I'm glad <laughs> I brought that up because in the doc that I watched – um, did you know, like, when it first came out, you know, every book has to wear, he had a mustache and his hair kind of cut low. And for him to grow a beard and to go bald, it was a literal, it was a struggle for the production and the networks because the networks thought he looked too, 
too black in so many words. They thought he was too threatening looking <laughs> to have oh a bald head and a beard. Like, they thought he was like the shaft of the universe. Like, he made <laughs> money <for> just... too militant to have this bald head. But it kind of became like uh, his thing. Like, it was pretty much how he was identified. Like, it, I, I felt like seeing this bald, bearded man on TV, and he's, like, this really badass captain, was, like, and they gave him such more authority, in my in my view. Yes. As opposed yeah. to being clean-faced. Go ahead, my bad. Was... Can you repeat yourself? I didn't hear you. No, I just said go ahead. I apologize. Oh, that's Okay. So um, I thought that was really interesting, and a lot of the actors who were working with Avery, they said he was so intense on set, and like how they would be so nervous. So a lot of the interactions that we see in Deep Space Nine with other actors in Avery Brooks was like because they was really shook, like they was really <laughs> intimidated at, at him as an actor, and I would like to see you know, a part two, uh, if they can do a standalone Bacara series, I would love to see a standalone, like, Cisco series. Mm-hmm. I would like that, but didn't he um, as, uh, like, the the emissary, the, uh, the Bajoran's Jesus, for lack of a term, and he, like, disappeared? Yeah. Oh, well, that, that was weird. Yes. <laughs> I feel like if you could disappear, you could reappear. If, like, Data could come back from the dead, from the nemesis, <laughs> I feel like Avery Brooks could come out of nowhere and be like, I'm here, you know? And, like, yeah. even if he can't get a standalone series, I would like to see him, like, pop up in somebody's episode. That'd be glorious. Yeah, you're right, because universes for seven of nine, so... Yeah. Why not? Can we talk about Seven of Nine and her severe we, we sure can. The entirety of Voyager. Yes. yes. Cool. Yeah. I have some feelings on that. <laughs> Voyager has so much potential. And then it all went it down the screen. Yeah. Like, I thought it was going to get better when they got rid of Tess, and then it just did not, and I was very distraught. <laughs> Yeah, there's some serious Voyager fans. I couldn't get into it. I watched all of it. I really appreciate, like, what resembles an attempt at diversity. But it also, it's like, Chakotay has no real background. It's always my people bullcrap. And it's like, no, no, we need to not do that, please. This is racist. Hmm. Alana's a racist stereotype. We have... What's this Tom Paris there for no reason other than you need like a relatable white boy character and it's like he, you don't need him. Harry Kim has no real character, no real interest as a person and he hasn't been promoted and that's like can we please promote him? He's way more competent than any ensign I've ever witnessed in another series. But he has not been promoted because And he brings that up and then Jane does nothing about it and Jane Wei's almost okay, but then she's just a strange balance between like a stereotypical nurturing woman in position of power and really harsh and bitchy and it's like can we strike a better balance here because you managed to explore the other captains effectively 
because Janeway does things that are completely out of character sometimes. You can't really tell what exactly she is. And I have so much rage. Also, the, everyone got lost in the mix at the end when you could be using people like, I don't know, Tuvok. But no, they still want to spoil the doctor being a person or not in Seven of Nine having a crush on Jacoby. Or is she human? Is she not? We don't know. They literally did like the same plot like five different times with both of them. <laughs> anyway, those are my feelings on a show that could have been so much better and then wasn't. You know what? I believe that, you know, Seven huh. of Nine could have been portrayed a lot. Well, not a lot differently, but there was room for a lot of different things and different ways to go with Seven of Nine. And I just felt like, you know, it came out in the late 90s. And, I mean, you know what? I'll, I want to see what they do with Seven of Nine and the new Picard before I cast all my judgments. A lot of my problems with Star Trek shows are also just the fact that I've been watching all of it recently because literally everything was on, like, when I was a small child and before I was born. Yeah. So I wasn't around for what TV actually looked like in the 90s. I'm just looking at it now. Like, all of this is garbage. (laughs) (laughs) It's not my fault. But also, I literally wasn't born when these shows started. (laughs) Like, thank goodness for Netflix. So, yeah, there, there's my thing to make all of these old. Hi. <laughs> well, you know what? I mean, I like... I'm a fan of Gene Roddenberry. I think he's quite to watch another show called um, Our Final Conflict, and I used to watch Andromeda. So, overall, I... I'm a fan of Gene Roddenberry's, you know, vision of the future and how, you know, he saw sci-fi in a way. But, yeah, some of those 90s shows, I mean, some episodes are kind of like, okay, very 90s, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I would say that's crazy. Um, I've been thinking, even in general, about not just, I mean, heck, yeah, you can look at Star Trek and say, like, how every time, it, how different it is through the decades and how the show is viewed and what's going on around with, like, I guess, America and how people view it, like, how, I mean, and this is probably why I like the first one, because how big Ahura is and how important she is way back in the 60s versus, like, who we have right now in the current Star Trek leading the ship. So, you know, it's just interesting to see how things change through decades of TV, you know, and Star Trek definitely is a part of that as well. I agree. And I feel bad because I haven't gotten to Discovery, not just because I'm not interested, but, man, what the fuck is CBS doing? I just don't understand, like, (laughs) why put it on an add-on. I'm pretty sure, I mean, I'm pretty sure they're getting viewership because, you know, hardcore fans are going to watch Star Trek anywhere, anytime, any place. But I feel like, you know, I'm used to Star Trek being on UPN for free as a TV <laughs> show. I just can't see myself buying yet another subscription, uh, uh, add-on streaming service just to watch one show. If there was, like, a variety of shows, then I'll consider it. But just to watch one show is wild, especially when 
so many reruns, Star Trek shows come on sci-fi and other channels. Yeah, I think that's really why they're um, making Picard, just to add another show to their platform, because it's Discovery and Twilight Zone, and that's about it. I don't know if yep. that's really worth 10 bucks a month. But it's putting not. Picard on there. <laughs> <laughs> But Picard will will put some make some people at least pay for a month of the service. So I see why they're doing it. I mean, yeah, but overall, they need to stop playing with people. Stop playing <laughs> with people and just throw it on Netflix or Hulu or something.